Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Evil Chainsaw. Great one, as always, uh, Chris. It's great to be here. Um, great to see you. Thanks. Great to see you, too. You look great. <laughs> Thank you. You look great, too. I like your uh, sweater. You're wearing like an Irish wool white sweater. It's supposed to be big and baggy, too, which yeah. is weird. It makes me feel like a cozy mom at a cottage, but... <laughs> Thanks, but also yeah. uh, no shirt underneath the sweater. Yeah, no, there's a T. Oh, okay. I a was going to say tie dye T. I'm hip. Mm. But the thing is, is uh, we have a special uh, guest joining us today because Mike is in the UK on business. Is it? I think he's there on business. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think he has some investments in London yeah. that he has to check up on. Like he has to. Yeah, he's a meetings. few different bank accounts investments yeah yeah so he mike is not here this week he's away Who's here our friend hilarious comedian and actor aaron eaves hey guys how's it going james you look great chris yeah you look like a cozy mom and i love it <laughs> oh thanks <laughs> might, well, i just sort of snuggle with you during this episode of course and i want to say aaron that you look freaking great man you oh, look soft as hell thank you i am it's a good compliment for a man uh to look very soft oh thanks yeah yeah i i, I wouldn't take it as anything but a huge compliment <laughs> well you look like a huge softy Oh, well, thank you. Like Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Yes, exactly. I, I wish I was Winston the Ghostbuster and I just jumped right onto your head. <laughs> I would love for you to be riding around on my head as I attack Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so fun. Wow, the chemistry between you two is undeniable. Uh, we're <laughs> I think we have chemistry, too. Well, but I don't know if we have chemistry like you and Chris have chemistry. Well, You guys get together and you're talking about being soft and everything i would okay well <laughs> do you feel uh, isolated over there in your high stool chair while we're here cuddling on the couch i do well yeah we're chris and aaron are on uh, the couch here in aaron's house and i'm in a stool far away from them looking at them yeah. i do kind of feel like i'm i'm in some kind of punishment or oh it's not punishment it's, uh, I don't know, just sort of the way things worked out. You're sitting up there in the chair, and my head is in Chris's lap as he strokes my hair. <laughs> yeah, some of our Patreon subscribers and Discord members might also recognize Aaron already from the bonus that came out about a week or so ago. Remember that? That's right. We that had... was like a two-hour bonus-a-thon. Oh, that yeah. Was insane. We had some drinks. Yeah. And we did a long, long bonus episode. It was wild. And then we watched the movie Old. Oh, yeah. You know what? As much as we were like, this is going to be bad, that movie stuck in my mind longer than a lot of other movies I've <laughs> seen. It was... it's, it's really dumb as are a lot of M. Night Shyamalan movies, but I think I kind of love them all in a way. They're just like, each one is an extended episode of The Twilight Zone. Once you, yeah. you once you framed it that way to me, I, I think I agree with you. Like yeah. when we were watching old, there was parts where it was so stupid we were laughing, including the reveal, which we won't spoil. But it was yes, I agree. It was weirdly good as well. Yeah, the reveal again, I won't say what it is, but in no way makes any kind of logistical like sense no. in the real world. Like it's, it just wouldn't it could Let's it just put it happen. this way. It's no uh I see dead people. 
and then we find out Bruce Willis is dead. It's, but this is no, the no, funny no, thing not, about not M. Night Shyamalan. He's never matched the I See Dead People reveal. And it seems like this is what turns me off from his movies. It seems like his whole career since has been chasing that. That yeah, high. Think, because that was his first, at least, big movie, right? Do you think when he made that movie and there's the reveal that Bruce Willis is dead, do you think then he thought, oh, fuck, now I have to do that? Like, yes. Did he set out as a filmmaker? I'm That's always the thing that bugs twist? me about him. I right. feel like when he was starting out as a filmmaker, he didn't start as like, I'm going to be Mr. Twist. Yeah, and then Sixth Sense was such a big hit. He's always been like, I have to do a a twist. Don't you think that it might be a thing that Hollywood is putting on him too? Yes, I do. They will only they they can only see him in that one way, so he has to deliver that. Good point. Good point. So you can imagine him in some meeting. You know, M Night, we love the script. Um, Wouldn't hate a twist at the end that worked pretty well for the last one. (laughs) The twist is uh, there. There. There is no twist in this one. <laughs> M. Night. <laughs> You're the twist man. <laughs> no, it's true. I don't want to put the whole burden on M. Night's shoulders. Do you think also that shoulders. his friends call him M. Night? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, maybe. It's a, great, it's a great name for a director of scary movies. Yeah, M. Night. I'm looking through his movies here. Sixth Sense, Unbreakable. That was kind of bad. I haven't seen Bruce Willis. Eh, but like, then he I made two follow-ups to Unbreakable, right? He did Signs, Glass. which I liked at the time. I don't know if it holds up. Signs had some fun Mel parts, Gibson. But then it had guy. a twist at the end. Yeah, Signs, yeah. I love, you know, I love it in the same way that, yeah, like uh, Twilight Zone episodes are really cheesy. But yep. they're I like great. Signs. They're a lot of fun. They're, but they're, you know, if you don't want to sit through that for an hour and a half, two hours, I get it. No, I'm, but it is true. I the way you're saying that is sort of like reimagining the and I there's a bunch there's a lot that I haven't seen and I feel like I should go back with that mind frame and just yeah. enjoy it from that sort sort of like cheesy schlocky perspective. He also did the village. I liked that one at the time too and yeah. I was surprised I like that by one the, until twist. the twist. You didn't like the twist. Too too stupid. I think I, yeah, I was like 22 I and what like was the, what? The, the village the twist is that it's really a town, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it's called a village, but technically, in their a, municipality, yeah. there's a, the population's big enough that it counts as a town. <laughs> he did Lady in the Water, which the I, village. The twist was uh, a village of people never knew they were just in a park. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, you're right. That literally is true. <laughs> oh, the happening was good. 2008. Didn't see that. That was good. They're basically. I'm going to, if you skip ahead 30 seconds, I guess, if you wa- are saving, waiting to watch The Happening. Okay, but in make the happening, sure that it happens in 30 seconds. Okay. In The Happening, people just start keeling over and dying and nobody knows why. And then they realize um, it's only happening when large groups of people are together. And so gradually they learn that throughout the movie. They all, you know, you can only stay it's in about small COVID. groups. Yeah, kind of. Um, I guess it's not really a twist at all. We should change COVID pandemic to The Happening. We should just call it <laughs> <Yeah>. The Happening. <laughs> the Happening 19. My yeah. dad still calls COVID COVID-19 every time. Really? Yeah, COVID-19 never dropped the 19. <laughs> My dad still puts on a, a straw cowboy hat that has the Corona logo on it, <laughs> cracks a Corona, puts a lime in it, chugs it, and goes, this is my coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's pretty cool. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> My coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. And he's wearing his Tommy Bahama shorts. In uh, February of 2020, there were definitely a lot of stand-up jokes about a coronavirus and connecting it to Corona beer. They kind yeah. of died off, I would say, around now, March how, or April. Uh, how the hell did these people make the connection? They literally died off. <laughs> Uh, I just want to mm. say we got some nice treats, mm. and uh, so we got a cinnamon. There's a bakery near Aaron's house that's really delicious. Not to dox you. Oh, it's fine. But you go up to the window <laughs> and you point at what you want. Not my window. <laughs> no, not in Aaron's window. Someone else's yeah, window. I've been doxed. I'm a little worried. But. Yeah, Aaron's house is not also a bakery, but. It's kind of like one right now. There's baked goods everywhere. And Aaron, you had a story because you brought us a bunch of chocolates. Oh, and, yeah. And you oh, had yeah. an interesting story about I, how you got those chocolates. I just wanted to say, oh, out of sorry, the three that we got with the pudding, yep. the bread pudding thing, yep. the cinnamon roll with the brioche topping, yep. and the gluten-free chocolate cake cupcake thing for james because james is going gluten-free yeah i tried the gluten-free thing god damn it's really freaking good gluten-free cookies and cakes i have a in my opinion a better texture than gluten included you, you might you be pay right a bit of the gluten-free tax but you might be right. not bad hmm? i think you pay a bit of the gluten-free tax but they're not bad like just right. they cost yeah. a bit more they do they do yeah it's like a carbon tax uh but yeah <laughs> so those treats aside aaron dumped a Santa's sack worth of chocolates on the table as well. Yeah, I uh, a couple days ago I was walking up uh, the street and I saw a wallet lying on the road, in um, uh, and it was raining and it was, I almost didn't notice it, but I I picked it up mm-hmm. and uh, opened it up and there was all kinds of ID in there from uh, a gentleman from South Africa. And it was like his passport card, his... Uh, Elon yeah. Musk. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I found all of Elon Musk's ID <laughs> and uh, returned it to him and he thanked me with a little bit of chocolate. But, but it is true. You got a yeah, giant so gift basket of so chocolate. Did you like, how did you find him? Did you find the address? Well, he had a health insurance card and it had a number for if you're outside of uh of the continent i guess Mm -hmm. and so i called that 800 number and i told them to email him my phone number and name and i've got everything i'll return it to him and so they did that and then he stopped by to pick it up i gave it to him and then uh yeah the day or two later i got a a gift basket from amazon that i opened up and it was full of chocolate that was really nice of you to do and that was really nice of him to do in return and also i want to say that is him Standing outside, looking in the window still. Yeah, he won't go away. Is he jerking he off? Just, yeah, he, he jerks off. Every now and then he rings day. the doorbell and asks you if you've enjoyed all the chocolates yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he's kind of zipping up at that point. Like, I know what he's done, and I kind of have to take out the hose, <laughs> just rinse the sidewalk in yeah. front of my place. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aaron? Mm-hmm. Was there? I think any... jizz is biodegradable. Uh, it is for sure. Yeah, it is. It's not, just doesn't count as litter. It's a visual thing. I just don't want to see it. Yeah, you know, just the glistening of jizz on the sidewalk on yeah. low, lowers the value of the home. Sorry, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Aaron, was there any part of you, like deep down, that you wouldn't even act on? That was like, what if I buy something with this Visa card number? Uh, no, I'd be too terrified. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I, I have fantasized about what if I found like a big bag of money? What would I do? And in my mind, like, I think I would hide it and spend it. 
But I probably wouldn't. I'd probably be too scared. No. And have you seen that movie, A Simple Plan, where that happens and they do that and then they die? And also, um, the uh, No Country for Old Men too. Yeah, so yeah. it's probably a bad idea. Yeah, I think it's a bad idea. I don't think that I could personally live with myself. Even in my fantasy, I feel bad about keeping <laughs> the money. So yeah, like this wallet had sixty dollars in it. At first, when I found Ooh. it, I thought it was maybe just something where somebody had. St- Take stolen a wallet, emptied the money, and then mm-hmm. threw the rest on the ground. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it had sixty bucks in it still. But and I didn't even for a second consider taking it. I have about two or three times in my life been walking down the sidewalk and seen cash, like cash on the ground. And each time I do this exact move, I'm like, "Is that like sixty dollars on the ground?" And then I go up to it, I do a quick scan to see no one's around. I pick it up and then I do this move. I turn my head around a bit being like, and, and just sort of with my face and shoulders kind of give off an, a vibe of like, I guess I'll take it. I guess it's mine <laughs> just in case anyone's looking. In and ca- then I walk away quickly. In case you live in the Truman yeah. show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I do that the, each time I do the same thing. Like, well, I, I guess it's mine now. My fantasy would be to hoodwink uh, and set up two different, very dangerous and frightening Mexican drug cartels. Yes. So that they meet up with a ton of money and a ton of drugs and think that one person's about to rip the other one off and then they shoot each other and all die. And then yeah. I take everything, including <laughs> so some of the trucks that of... they drove there. <laughs> you so you're, you are just uh, describing uh, No Country for Old Men. Yeah, that'd be sweet. I would love to be a criminal constantly and paranoid all the time <laughs> with a gun looking out the window. Mm-hmm. And I all, oh, but uh, just a cherry on the top of the ice cream would be to have a guy always in pursuit of me uh, with one of those like cow brainers. Yes, and he has a funny haircut. Oh, the funnier the better. And he's a fabulous actor. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he also played Lucille Ball's husband. <laughs> I uh, I saw on the internet just just before we came on that the uh, the Doomsday Clock. Yes, is it ninety seconds to midnight? And, and you I, know what? Mm. My opinion on that is just hit midnight already. <laughs> well, I was wondering, say like say it was a period when uh, the Doomsday Clock was at fifteen minutes to midnight. Yeah, and then a nuclear bomb goes off do those yeah. guys at the doomsday clock go like fuck yeah did they use we their totally finger to push it forward up. like up, 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 up. i actually looked up where the clock was at in other years yeah uh so like 1959 two minutes to midnight 1982 four minutes to midnight getting stressful yeah. 1992 blue jays first world series 17 minutes to midnight <laughs> and that's um just one year after nevermind came out exactly it's so crazy that the, the blue jays pulled that then. off with the doomsday clock in that position yeah exactly there was no pressure at all <laughs> and then uh <laughs> and then 2020 two minutes to midnight now we're at 90 seconds 90 i think this seconds. is the, the closest it's ever now, been what, I, think. Uh, I can't wait to pick up my daughters from school today and tell them where the doomsday <laughs> clock is <laughs> I actually don't even wear a watch anymore that tells traditional time. I just have my doomsday clock on my wrist. Yeah, it's like a bigger watch. watch. (laughs) 
looks like a cartoonishly <laughs> big watch on your wrist. <laughs> All right, let's see what time is it. Uh, 90 guys, seconds to mayhem. <laughs> do you guys want to meet up uh, 90 seconds to the end of it all? <laughs> I say with the doomsday clock in, what did you say, 90 seconds to midnight? Yeah, we've or, got a minute and a half. I say with a doomsday clock at a minute and a half to go, may as well enjoy yourselves. Absolutely. Orgy Why would time. we hold back from anything else? It's it's a good point. It's a good point. I'll be pissed. I mean, at 90 seconds, I'll be pissed if there isn't some kind of an apocalypse. Yeah, what what uh, what year did the, was the doomsday clock uh, invented? I think it was the, uh, 49. Okay. Just out, I guess in the aftermath was, of World was War II, the, the first, Cold War. Uh, nuclear explosion was forty-four, uh, something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think it was in the you know in the aftermath. Yeah, it ended the whole thing. Yeah. But after World War II, they were like, we should create something like a doomsday clock, <laughs> don't you think, boys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some people were like, I want to dance and sing again, <laughs> and some people were like, doomsday clock. Yeah. Doomsday iPhone now. Now, what do you guys think? Uh, what's the guy's name from Blink-182? Apple Doomsday uh, Mark Hoppus, Watch. Tom, Tom DeLonge. Tom DeLonge. Uh, I watched a, a clip of him on Steve-O's uh, podcast. Okay. Are and you I, a Patreon subscriber? And he's talking. <laughs> he's He was talking about uh, how, you know, uh, the, the aliens are not like aliens. They're inter- interdimensional beings, mm-hmm. and we caught their attention we, when we dropped the first bomb. You know? Oh, cool. Oh, uh, good. I, I think then the bomb was good (laughs) as a sci-fi guy yeah i'm glad and that's it was right after then that the first sort of ufo sightings started to happen so the atomic bomb was like our humanity's version of a construction worker whistling at a pretty lady walking by (laughs) (laughs) hello there I am yeah, honestly pretty pretty. Bomb was like a pretty lady walking. By. And the interdimensional uh, traveler was like fresh <laughs> when the bomb exploded. <laughs> I'm sincerely yeah, right. going to listen to that. But that's also kind of you know runs along the the lines of um, Twin Peaks, right? What? They, that happens in Twin Peaks season three. Watch it. I it's haven't like, seen it. But yet. That sort of is like I watch a ton of fan theory stuff on YouTube. Yeah, and that's like yeah. a big one. And there's I like, think you're obsessed. I Wait, but I a, love it. Aaron so, sent me a video the other day mm-hmm. that linked um, the the Bagwad Gita and nuclear explosions uh, from Eraserhead up into Twin Peaks, and it was almost like David Lynch's commenting in the latest Twin Peaks season on his own lore, right? Yeah, He's kind yeah. of like and wrapping it up and yeah, but and it's the, really like cool. The lady but in, in sorry to interrupt, but in Twin Peaks season three, there's an interpretation or implication that interdimensional aliens are visiting and it's f- because of the uh, nuclear weapons or just the interdimensional yeah like they got brought they were born into our world at that point at the moment of the explosion. Shit, so David Lynch Maybe is putting this in his show, and Tom DeLonge believes yeah. that it's real. And, I look- and Alex Jones, which we've talked about on the pod, he believes there's interdimensional aliens. Yeah, and I I looked it up uh, on on Reddit, and I found people talking about the connection between the 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 Twin Peaks thing and the Tom DeLonge thing. And I was just like, it was a small group of people, but I was just like, this is crazy. I I commented saying like, yeah, I watched that clip from Steve-O's podcast, and it brought me here. Oh, okay, Aaron. Now I'm amazing. Uh, that comment, I'm going to find your username. Just I think kidding. it's just Aaron Eves. Honestly, <laughs> I don't even hide it. Um, damn, dude. Damn, that's the interdi- cool. The interdimensional police are going to catch your ass. <laughs> 
You know what? I also uh, take you to time prison. Always listen to um, stuff about this topic or read about it, even though I I do think it's dumb, but I love hearing about it. I'm not a drug person at all, but when people this whole idea that like when you do DMT, you see these these aliens that they call yeah clockwork aliens or they call them like elf yeah elves or whatever yes i've heard of that and all these people in like groups should we do it together maybe we should on on a live podcast i would fucking never come back (laughs) from losing my mind (laughs) but and then we'd all see these little dmt elves which i think maybe people think are also interdimensional but do you just see them because you know about them before you i know it's very flimsy you know like is it the suggestion that makes you see them or would you just normally see them if you didn't know anything that's about the question them. it seems really dumb to me but i do love to i love the idea uh as aaron's uh, cat is is trying to steal our to treats treats that's a big ass cat. i just had an otherworldly interdimensional revelation if yeah. mike was here mm. uh god love him because he's uh away on business in the uk yeah. but if he was here we wouldn't be able to talk about this. You <laughs> <laughs> okay. would have cut it off 15 minutes ago. Oh, definitely. Don't you think the David Lynch sort of art film uh, angle might He'd get like him that a angle. little? Yeah. No, I don't think he's a Lynch fan. Or, really? Or maybe of some. We've never really talked about it. Huh, yeah. I wonder. Now I wonder. When he comes back, we got to ask. I think ask. that's a bonus episode in the making is talking to Mike about David Lynch. Yeah. Well, you got to come back for that one because you're a big right. Lynch head. Yeah, I gotta say, I, I, I cooled out on uh, Lynch for a while, even though I've been a fan since uh, forever. But that video you sent the other day got me really jazzed. And also to reread the Bhagavad Gita, because it's a really cool book. It's Never the, read it. It's the book that inspired like p- hippies in the 60s I and 70s. I to... don't know anything about it or what it even is. It's a chapter, basically, or a book from the Mahabharata, which is like this giant indian ancient epic and it's about krishna coming down and talking to this prince named arjuna during the war which you could see how david lynch would be really interested in it because maybe just for him a more interesting angle than a christian philosophy metaphor or something you know or i think Hmm. i think i heard him on maybe the russell brand podcast or something like way before (laughs) russell brand like was like ditched the I'm a spiritual guru crap and became like, nah, I'll just be like a right-wing baiter asshole like right. everybody else that's making bucks these days. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah, for a second, he was like Mr. Guru. Remember that? Oh, yeah. I basically started Happy Good to Parody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It is. You are so right. It is so funny that with Mike not here, Aaron, Aaron's like listening to the Steve-O podcast. I'm talking about like <laughs> listening to DMT experiences. Chris and, talking about the Russell Brand podcast. <laughs> like we're sort of showing our asses like that. We are like indulging in like this dumb uh, yeah. stuff. Yeah. I honestly, I go for whatever YouTube's algorithm is telling me to watch. I'm all like... I'm about to sit down and do work and then I'll suddenly click play on a video that I had no interest in until I knew that it existed, you know? Yeah, yeah. I do. I started watching Ghost Hunters the other night. <laughs> Teen Boy Ghost. There's two te- they're like really famous, I guess, now. I forget their name. Sam and Colby or something. And they're two like 17-year-old, I guess, like boys who like go and find what ghosts. The hell? I know. What it the- is weird that I watched it. What's the biggest, no. like, what's the least justifiable thing you've watched on YouTube uh, just oh, because God. the algorithm oh, fed that's it to you. that's a great 
Great question. I'm embarrassed, but one thing that's showing up in my algorithm, and it's maybe more on Instagram searches videos than <clears throat> YouTube, but they kind of cross pattern with each other, eh? But it's like kind of like beautiful women playing drums. <laughs> Just like beautiful women looking at the camera being like, you know, and you're like, damn, this is good. I know. Weirdly, I know exactly what you mean. I feel like I might have sent forwarded it to you guys. Yeah. Beep, beep. Before we get to our evil man, we should mention that we have a Patreon account. If you go to patreon.com slash evil men, you sign up. For a few dollars a month, you get two bonus episodes a month. Uh, the next one coming out is with Dave Shumka. We also, uh, the one after that's going to be with Aaron Eves. And I think we're going to do my idea where I give my worst, my top three worst Weezer songs of all time. Aaron gives his top three worst Smashing Pumpkin songs of all time. And Chris gives his top three worst Red Hot Chili Pepper songs of all time. Mm. So if you don't think that's worth signing up for, Wow. So check it out. Patreon.com slash evil men. You also get access to our discord. And uh, if you're in the Patreon, thank you so much. And if you can't do the Patreon, maybe you could rate us and review. So Aaron, uh, you chose the evil man this week. Mm -hmm. Who did you pick and why? I chose televangelist Peter Popoff. Mm. Uh, and I chose him because a few years ago I went down a, a bit of a rabbit hole with him when I... Uh, Not literally. No, literally. <laughs> I, um, Did you drink a potion and, I, and shrink and then go on an adventure? There, I, I, it was, it's, I mean, it wasn't a potion. It was uh, liquid LSD. <laughs> I guess maybe that's a potion of sorts. A few years back, um, uh, my wife, uh, Steph, and I, we went to New York, and I turned on the TV, and I saw this guy on TV making, uh, yeah, like an infomercial or or something Mm -hmm. like that, and he was, I mean, I don't know if I want to, do we want to go, if I say it, that's kind of like blowing... Okay, well, we can just well, reveal it as well, it goes can I just on. But say you, just, that, just you were like, watching him on TV, and it struck a, you like yeah, what it struck a me. crazy a snake oil thing. salesman, and yeah. I couldn't believe that it was legal. Like the things that he was promising on television, I was like, nice. how can he okay. get away with this? Yeah, yeah. that like, sounds exciting. And can we start off also by saying that? Yeah, yeah, Aaron, you've been an, a good friend forever. We know you really well, and we know that for a while when you were growing up, your family was super religious right yeah, so you well, have a connection to like a kind of angry connection to these kind of dinks to, yeah because <laughs> uh, i mean not my, your family dinks no 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 the, like these kind of guys yeah we went to a uh to a, a pentecostal church it was crazy it was kind of just like crazy they put a lot of guilt in you i remember at a young age like some puppet show somebody was doing a puppet show i don't know how old i would have been four or five years old and they were mm-hmm. talking about uh you know, if you don't, if you die and you haven't asked for forgiveness for like any sin up to that moment, mm-hmm. uh, that you're going to hell. So it really gave me like, uh, like OCD about like constantly praying and asking for forgiveness. Oh Damn, my God. That's bad. If I died, I wouldn't go to hell. Like from a very young age, which I think is like 
really evil to put that kind yes. of fear into children like yeah. that. You had to ask for forgiveness like every second. I had a prayer that like, yeah, at night I would like ask for forgiveness for all of the things that I could remember, but I had like a little part of the prayer that was like, and please forgive me for anything that I can't remember right now. And like, it was just like really OCD Imagine what a bad. jackass God would be if he was like, you forgot this thing, Aaron. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hell. Yeah, you forgot that you said damn when you stubbed your toe. Yeah, Sorry, like, little Aaron, kid. Yeah. Aaron, um, Flames forever. Back in 1996, you said damn once, and you forgot to ask forgiveness for it. <laughs> this is like 50 years from now when you're dead. Aaron, Sorry, you forgot hell. that you stole a cookie the other day. You're going to burn in hell, and your flesh is going to rot, and you're going <laughs> to... The devil's going to put a pitchfork through your skull and pry it off so your brain melts on the fire. And Aaron's like, could we negotiate? What if someone steals a cookie from me? (laughs) (laughs) The devil's like, "Mm." God, you invented cookies. Come on, man. You invented cookies. You invented stealing. Yeah. That's the thing. God invented all this shit. What the fuck's he talking about? (laughs) Aaron, Aaron, did your Pentecostal church do any stuff where they claim they could heal you or anything uh, like I that? I don't think I ever saw faith healing okay. um, happen, no. Well, um, let's talk about Peter Popoff. Um, he was born in occupied Berlin in 1946 um, and emigrated to the U.S. as a child with his family. His dad was a preacher at revival meetings around the U.S. and... Uh, at the eighth grade, they decided to homeschool Peter Popoff. That's a shocker, I guess. And mm-hmm. uh, they did it so he could travel around and preach with his dad. We have a friend who did uh, uh, homeschooling with uh, his seven kids, too. Yeah, also, that's also, a full-time job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, it's very difficult. Also religious, so. Interesting. Well, I'm a big fan of uh, the vaudeville classics and Buster Keaton, as you know, was born into a Tumblr sort of clown family, the Keatons. It was true. Uh, his uh, his father and mother were famous first as vaudeville clowns and tumblers and acrobats and stuff. Hmm. And so he kind of traveled around with them on the circuit and grew up literally in... Like, he he got his name by falling down the stairs. And as you know, the story, Houdini said, oh, that was quite the busta. And then I he became Buster Keaton. Seriously? Wait, so Houdini I, saw Buster Keaton Houdini, fall down he, some stairs? But legend has it Houdini gave Buster Keaton his nickname Buster. But uh, all I'm saying is, is that being born into a traveling sort of, sort of vaudeville sort of caravan-esque type family is really romantic. But I never thought about the flip side when it comes to traveling like roadshow uh, preachers, uh, you know, I, it's not as romantic to me. I, I, I forgot that those kind of fucking losers did that too. <laughs> um, so uh, so Peter Popoff, his dad's touring around preaching. He's like preaching with him. Uh, Peter Popoff was billed as the Miracle Boy Evangelist. There were ads uh-huh. in the paper about cool. the, the Miracle Boy. You know, the ads claimed uh, that he was born in a bomb shelter and had had been or had been rescued from a Siberian prison camp. Oh, that's awesome! So I want to take back calling them fucking losers. That sounds really cool. Sorry, go on. <laughs> and he, the the ads claimed he had powers, including the abilities to heal the sick and foretell the future. Oh yeah, this not what losers do. Not no, what no, losers that do. sounds cool. I apologize to anyone I offended by. Being so harsh. He uh, sounds cool. Yeah. Well, he is. In 1971, met his wife, Elizabeth. They got married and they settled in Upland, California. 
So Peter started his own ministry with his wife. That's a tough decision to start to work with your wife. You can spend all the time at home, then you work together. Yeah, it's like you work preaching all day about mm-hmm. uh, saving your soul from hell, and then do you still have it in you at night to want to have sex? And exactly. Does that mess up your sex life? Yeah, this, You've just been yeah. arguing all day about work, and yeah. you go home. And this starts mm. in 1971, so you're looking, you know, you're 20 years out from being able to just, like, tune out and put on Nevermind. <laughs> yes, yeah. you're right. That's a really good point. Damn. Um, I feel bad for them. So Peter Popoff and his wife, they're preaching around. At some point, they got their preaching on the radio. And then eventually, they made the jump to TV. Everybody wants to be on TV. So the fact that they made it, that's pretty cool. It is good. Um, So by the early 80s, it's picking up. He's popular. uh, Peter Popular. Peter Popular. Peter Popoff hit... It um, <laughs> crushed us dummies. Let's begin. Reference. Uh, by the early 80s, it's broadcast across America. Um, oh, then there you go. That's huge. Congrats, Peter. So what's next? Is that the end of the episode? Bring up the evilometer? <laughs> <clears throat> so Peter, his basic message was, God wants us to be affluent and debt-free. And that Peter is a prophet sent by God to help people transform their lives from poverty to affluence. So it's religious, but it's also like money-making scheme. Yes. Right. It's like a self-help guru sort of scammer. I'm not uh, an expert on Christianity, but I'm pretty sure they, Jesus, they, they, his teachings supposedly are to not need, you know, to not be a uh, wasteful, rich, Jesus uh, didn't even wear person. Yeah. He didn't even wear socks. He didn't even wear socks. <laughs> so it's funny to twist it into God wants us to be rich. <laughs> it, it's so crazy how it's yeah. twisted. Especially in the because you, you can't all be rich. If you're all rich, then you're all kind of the same, right? So some people being rich means other people are poor. So it's kind but of if they're poor, that means they haven't been accepted by God enough yet. I guess it's right. good to be debt-free in a way. Okay, I'm with like, him on you that. Know, like, we're not talking about, you know, God wants you all to be millionaires, just like debt-free. God, God would love us not to have a big visa bill. Yeah, yeah. God wants you to pay off your credit card. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> pay off your discovery card. Yeah, That's those yeah. fees add up. <laughs> You're just paying interest. <laughs> <laughs> They got you right where they want you. The <laughs> devil wants you to pay interest on... T- yeah, that's so funny. Don't buy the Xbox. <laughs> yeah, you could. Visa wants you to. You realize yeah, I your, don't. You'll realize your credit limit isn't the same as your savings amount, right? <laughs> you don't have to spend all the way. Do you guys... God ever- says if you think you really want something, wait 24 hours to see if you actually <laughs> do, in fact, want to purchase it. <laughs> God also says, just wait and cool off. See if you need the gun, too. <laughs> God says, get a gun right away. <laughs> <laughs> Two guys in your wall just talking to you with different political opinions. Let's go hide in some idiot's house and pretend to be God in his walls. <laughs> So we're going to uh, get shot one day. <laughs> you guys ever get that uh, letter in the mail that's like from Visa that says God wants you to pay this off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I've actually seen God's giant finger come from the clouds and nudge my Visa bill closer to me <laughs> on my table. <laughs> <laughs> Aren't you forgetting something? <laughs> <laughs> 
God's got one of those like banker account visors with the like half <laughs> glasses on and a pencil behind his ear. <laughs> Tapping in all your expenses onto a little typewriter. <laughs> and you've just got Amazon open on your computer and you're just clicking bye bye. <laughs> but God, I'm buying shirts with your picture on it. <laughs> like all these remember those shirts that were cool in the 2000s with crosses and stuff on it graffiti oh, like on it? ed hardy kind yeah, of thing yeah you're just buying ed hardy shirts with crosses all over them <laughs> but god i need this signed picture of sugar ray <laughs> yeah sugar ray is the best <laughs> all right but you promise and this they is have your very, last very purchase <laughs> yeah sugar ray's finances are in very good order which i love <laughs> Okay, purchase the Sugar Ray t-shirt, but then pay back the credit card right away. That will keep your credit good. <laughs> and you still get the Sugar Ray shirt. Um, so, in, a, in addition to Peter uh, Popoff having this message Peter that Popoff. God wants you to be rich, Peter Popoff also would claim that he could miraculously cure chronic and incurable conditions. Pretty bold claim. Um, uh, I read a GQ article by Mark Oppenheimer that Aaron, uh, you read too, mm-hmm. that... Um, oh, the basis of the Scorsese film, Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's based on this author. Um, that article described Popoff as, quote, the best at what he did, the boldest and the baddest, the most don't give a damn cheesy. And uh, yeah, Peter Popoff, he was very 80s, you know... Um, have you seen the movie Leap of Faith with Steve Martin? It's based on Peter Popoff. Oh, I never the, actually the, saw it. The Righteous Gemstones 2, I think, is very much that idea. Definitely yeah, familiar that. with that. I love that show. Oh, it's so funny. So yeah, Popoff would tour around, draw huge crowds at these faith healing events. And basically at these shows, you know, in addition to praying and all that, he'd be like, he'd call out the name of someone in the crowd, you know? He'd be like, um, you know, he'd act like kind of like he's really thinking and... And, and like God is speaking to him and he'd be like, I'm looking for a Beth. Is there a Beth in the crowd with heart problems? And then someone would stand up like, yes, me, I'm Beth and I have heart problems. And, you know, he'd kind of um, tell people to break free of the devil by throwing their pills on the stage or he'd, you know, touch them and they're cured, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he, That's nice. <laughs> even people in wheels. Is there yeah, yeah. a guy here named uh, Mark Mark Smith? Now you have a pornography problem. Everybody here with a pornography problem, throw those magazines <laughs> onto the stage, and <laughs> my servants will collect them in these boxes, and we'll uh, we'll burn them later. <laughs> uh, also, anyone here have uh, knives that are just over the legal length that you're supposed to have? The illegal <laughs> knives, throw those up. Those are pretty cool. Any silencers? Any silencers? Yeah, uh, I a, need a silencer. A just throw the silencers up. Yeah, he just collects cool stuff. <laughs> Anybody <laughs> have uh, uh, the, the Hank Aaron rookie card? <laughs> Let's throw it on up here. I heard there's a boy here named Tony who recently purchased illegal nunchucks. (laughs) That'd be pretty cool. (laughs) Anyone addicted to your Xbox, just leave the Xbox up here on stage with all the games. Oh, yeah, he's Southern shit. Fuck, yeah. Is there a a Miss Roni in the crowd? First name Peppy? Oh, damn it, fooled again. (laughs) (laughs) Who, yeah, you gotta vet these? Yeah. Yeah, god damn it. Um, 
Peppy Roni. That's the worst fake name. So, um, uh, yeah, there were even people on his on his TV show who are in wheelchairs and supposedly say they can't walk, and he'd be like, "Rise yeah. and break free," and then they'd stand and walk. Miracles. Hey, I can walk again, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes, Mister Frankenstein's monster. Arise, <laughs> <laughs> arise. <laughs> um, we did. So you, it's a it's a scam. Yeah, we did learn that the people uh, were not, you know, were were seated in wheelchairs by the by the show. They they didn't really need them. Technically, when I proclaimed that I could walk again, it was true because I sat down for a while. And I wasn't walking. So I did start walking again. <laughs> God doesn't know if you're just sitting down or if you can't walk. So when I command you to walk again in God's eyes, you are walking again. Yeah. I would love to see a televangelist make a one-armed person's arm grow back right before our eyes. <laughs> that would be awesome. Just I would splash a little eat. holy water on it and watch it grow like bad CG from the early 90s. <laughs> They're totally going to do that now, CGI. You're probably They're totally right. going to do that. Yeah. You watch. He- someone's head grows back. <laughs> Have they ever brought people back to life? Mm. Not as far as I know. I don't think Popoff's done so. that. No. But I think con artists to work know to that there's a limit, right? Yeah. You got to operate within the, uh, yeah, yeah. The, so, as much uh, suspension as disbelief as possible, yeah, even back for from a the dumb dead person. is pretty wild. That's yeah. like zombie territory. Now, God wants me to saw you in half. <laughs> Just get into this box. <laughs> yeah. God says, now open the box. Where'd he go? <laughs> God wants me to separate these two rings, but as you can see, <laughs> God's telling me to tell you to pick a card, any card. <laughs> now, God has put a straitjacket and chains wrapped around me, and he's going to drop me into this tub of water. <laughs> beep, beep. <laughs> So this was like the 80s and the, you know, Cold War and and uh, Popoff was really into giving Bibles to communists. He solicited donations for a program to provide Bibles to the citizens of the Soviet Union by attaching them to helium filled balloons and floating them into the country, um, which is kind of an interesting move. He also uh, in his memoirs, there's a photo of Peter dropping floating Bibles off the coast of Turkey in hopes that they'll wash upon the shore. <laughs> like, whoever found a Bible, it's not like finding a dirty magazine that you're going to be like, well, I got to look through this. I mean, it's pretty boring. There's you know? barely well, anything to masturbate to in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Practically nothing. This whole story that he said he sent Bibles attached to helium balloons and floated them into the Soviet Union... Um, and he he asked for money for this. Skeptics were like, "Can you prove you actually spent money on these helium balloons uh, and Bibles to float into the Soviet Union?" And uh, instead of showing that the money went towards that, he staged a burglary at his own headquarters, then tearfully begged for additional donations to help repair the damage. 
Oh no, the documents that proved I bought helium balloons to fly Bibles into the communist countries got stolen in this break-in. <laughs> My receipt from the helium tank at Party City. <laughs> Why would please? they want that? It's always your most precious items. <laughs> they stole the receipt from Party City and my laptop computer. <laughs> And my car. They must have driven off with everything in my car. Yeah. A Porsche. Um, the car has been returned. <laughs> and Aaron, you were saying... But not the receipt. <laughs> Aaron, you watched a, a documentary or, or something where you saw uh, there was a clip of a woman and, and her young son came up and God said oh, he was yeah, going to yeah. melt it's off some like, lump he had. Yeah, yeah. He just like, he, he called out off. a woman's name and she stands up and he's like, I understand that you 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 have a, 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 a child who has an ailment and the kid is there and he stands up and she says, yeah, like my kid has a, a this like lump in his chest. And uh, and then he's like, oh, I'm just going to melt that lump right out of there. Like God's going to melt that lump. Like, and like, you yeah. know, and... Uh, yeah, it's just like it's insane the mm. amount of like false hope that he gives people. Mm-hmm. You know, for me it's kind of it's it's yeah, it's like the, the it's like the ivermectin thing now where it's just like it's just it's not that taking ivermectin is going to make you sick, but not seeking out actual medicine could. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. it's like it, giving them false hope. They might not seek out genuine medical attention for a lump in her kid's chest. Yeah. And instead just trust that, you know, God has melted away this lump. I do understand, you know, you get frustrated at medical stuff in the pharmaceutical industries for sure. But at the same time, sometimes going your own way uh, can have dire consequences. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the pharmaceutical industry is definitely, you know, corrupt in its own way. You gotta uh, think about but it. But it's just like they actually have a product that sort of, you know, more or less does what they claim it does. You know, it's just mm-hmm. they might charge an insane amount. There's greed and corruption for well, sure. That's the thing, but... too. We're talking about the states here. Yeah. So they, mm-hmm. it's easier to con those people because you're right. saving them money. Yeah, that's right. God says that a lump in your chest is like debt on the credit card. <laughs> you just got to get it out of there. Yeah, pay it off with my hand, with my laser beams to melt it. But uh, yeah, it's just like the moral uh, the moral gymnastics you would have to do in order yeah. to be able to do that to uh, a child. You would have to genuinely feel like you're doing some good in some way that God was working through you, that you were healing people in order to do it unless you are an evil man. I've come to the point now in my life where I I don't think that extreme con artists or schemers like this, like I know in public when they get pushed into a corner, they can spout ways of justifying their behavior that sounds like they're conditioning themselves to believe that what they did was the right thing. But I actually don't think they do that within themselves anymore. I think they just don't give a fuck. I think they're savage, savagely amoralistic, narcissistic, like psychopaths. I used to try and be like, how are they convincing themselves that they may like they're they're ultimately doing what's right because some people do do that you know sometimes when you're kind of you've done something bad you but people like this extreme like what you're saying like i like the way you said the moral gymnastics or whatever you have to do to justify 
fucking with like a child with a real ailment yeah i feel like they don't even do that they're just savage they're yeah. just all about the con and that's it maybe at the end of the day yeah because now that i you can't bring flip the- a burger i don't know how yeah I could cure a burger. <laughs> <laughs> it turns back into a cow. I can, I can help a burger out with its credit card debt. Back to Peter. Yeah? <laughs> so it's the mid-80s. Peter's at the height of his popularity. He's claiming he's healing people. He's claiming he's healing the sick. Um, and he would like literally take like a cane from a person who's hobbling and crack it over his knee and throw the pieces up yeah. on stage. And it's like, hey, that cost hundred bucks. As soon as the adrenaline of this faith healing runs out of their system, they're gonna want that cane back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is true. At least just pop gently place the cane down. You didn't need to break it, Peter. Yeah, yeah. But do you think they're actors? And no, if you're well, if you're going to one of these uh, one of these faith healing events, uh, put one of those Apple trackers on your cage, <laughs> just yes. so you can find it after. Um, so Peter would also announce like home addresses and specific illnesses of audience members, and he would say, "God told me this information." Right? Popoff at this time in the mid '80s is making like four million dollars a year, so he's making these claims. He's doing this stuff. He's saying God told him to do it um but then this guy named james randy came into the picture and james randy from toronto was an um was a magician who went by the name the amazing randy and he made it his mission to debunk fraudulent psychics and faith faith healers and stuff um, who are exploiting people to turn a profit so in 1986 the amazing randy decided he was gonna like make it his mission to figure out what Peter Popoff is doing and how. So he enlisted the help of a magician named Banachek. Yeah, there's a movie on James Randi called An Honest Liar, and it's just like about him and, uh, and yeah, like him debunking people like uh, Peter Popoff and uh, Yuri Geller. James Randi was just like, he had a an offer standing for... Uh, for years and years where if anybody could do something that he couldn't, that would prove that psychic powers and all of that are possible. He would give them a million dollars. Um, and mm. that nobody ever claimed that million dollars. He, he could bend the spoons. He could do every trick that uh, he could do. So he had it in his mind to go after uh, Peter Popoff. Right. So Banachek and, and, uh, and, and uh, Randy or they're studying Popoff and they, they notice pretty suspiciously, I would say, that Peter Popov had an earpiece in his ear, which is kind of a bit of a giveaway. So Peter Popov is the beginning of this trip. Yeah. 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 So, so then Fletch, too, also yes. parodies him. Yes. yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm very familiar with Fletch That was mentioned lives. in the GQ article. Yes. Oh, excellent. Yeah, I, I've watched that movie like at least four times. Yeah. It's, yeah, and so they were thinking like, this is a little weird that a guy who does faith healing needs to wear a hearing aid. And he mysteriously yeah. knows this personal information about the people at his uh, church. Um, so, so James Randi hired a, prof- a private investigator to dress up like a security guard and sneak into one of Popoff's events. And the private investigator used a radio scanner to search for abnormal frequencies. He found one, he tuned in, and he heard Peter Popoff's wife saying, quote, Hello, Petey, can you hear me? If you can't, you're in trouble, which he recorded. James Randi brought these, all these recordings 
um, and played them on the Johnny Carson show. Nice. And this blew up That's Peter Popoff. That's big time. It blew up the scam. Some of the recordings were really shitty and mean, even beyond the scamming. Peter's wife was recorded describing a woman in the audience with the N-word. Uh, she also was recorded saying to her husband about a woman, quote, keep your hands off those tits. I'm watching you. Which, uh, I mean, not That's very good. That's the only not- reason, really, why one would keep their hands off of uh, tits, really. I have that <laughs> voice in my head all the you. time without the earpiece. <laughs> <laughs> um, in another recording... Uh, I have a CD that I record. I still have a discman that I carry around with me, and the CD is just keep your hands off those tits. Keep and- your hands off those tits, Aaron Mega Mix. <laughs> yeah. And whenever I get the urge, I just you know hit play on the CD. You do. And it's your own voice, though, Aaron. <laughs> I know what you're thinking because I'm you. <laughs> keep your hands. That's off. right. I'm you. Like you. <laughs> Reminding you. I'm you from the past. <laughs> you recorded it yourself. Uh, so there was also a recording of Elizabeth laughing, making fun of the physical appearance of a man who was suffering from testicular cancer. And so all of these Pretty awful shitty. things were played on Carson as well? Um. I know they were released, but some of them were, I think, Mm -hmm. to prove that this guy's fake. Wow. Popoff denied the allegations at first and said that NBC had hired an actress to impersonate his wife and doctor the footage. Like, yeah, the most logical explanation for sure. And then um, eventually... everybody's dying to make that story up and execute it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Eventually he admitted, yeah, I did use a radio, but it was only occasional, you know, once in a while she'd give me a name. So at the time of this scandal, Popoff was getting half a million dollars in donations a month. But after the Carson thing, his ratings and donations declined significantly. And in 1987, he declared bankruptcy. Oh, just to go back just a little bit there, I guess the way that they got the information to feed him was uh, that he Peter Popoff had people planted right. in the audience who would chat up these people and get the information and sort of actually, write it down. Aaron, I, th- and, I think people actually filled out cards. And they, yeah, and that I think that was another way where they would fill uh, out a prayer card for what their ailment is that they want to have prayed on and all that. And if Peter Popoff... Like, you got to wonder, if you filled out a card saying, I'm James Hartnett and I have colitis, and I give the card in, and then 20 minutes later, that's what Peter Popoff is saying... You, you know, it's not too God hard to is telling me Andy has an earpiece. Yeah, God yeah. is telling me there's someone in the crowd here named <laughs> Kyle Uberkstein. Uberg could be pronounced. Sorry, what? <laughs> <laughs> could be pronounced Ogerkstein. Yeah. <laughs> you'll have to forgive uh, God. God. God is uh, God is from uh, North America, and he doesn't quite know how to pronounce his last it's name. It's kind of Norwegian sounding. <laughs> My wife, I mean, God is having trouble kind of making out if it's an N or a, a, an O. Yeah. <laughs> what was that, babe? Oh, uh, I, I call God babe. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I won't touch her tits. Sorry, I'm just talking to God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm talking about uh, God's wife. Yeah. <laughs> I know, this guy with right testicular now. cancer looks like a friggin' ogre. 
Oh, sorry, I'm talking to God. <laughs> yeah. It's okay, it's God. You're right, God. This sick person is an ugly fucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's that? I'm talking to God's wife now. God's in the kitchen making a sandwich. No problem. <laughs> Oh, sorry, God. You first, you just cut out. You sound like a trucker for a sec. <laughs> now you sound like the Beach Boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the signal's getting screwed up. <laughs> Holy shit! Now you sound like the FBI is saying they're, they're surrounding the building. <laughs> <laughs> so, you guys might think that that's the end of Peter Popoff. Yeah, he's bankrupt. 1987, there's nowhere else to go. In Excess Kick was released. Oh, I love that. Yeah. But no, Peter Popoff did not go away after the scandal. In the late 90s, Popoff made a comeback, and this time aiming for an African-American audience. So he started buying time on BET, which I didn't know. Was he still married to his wife at this time? Mm, the think, racist so. asshole? Yeah, was she still using the N-word while yeah, he did this? That's a great point. I guess that got swept under the rug. These but, guys are cockroaches. Yep. And uh, he started a new ministry called the People United for Christ. And he started airing uh, it on BET. And this kind of allowed him to move away from the old scandal and rebuild his empire. And by 2003... Popoff's new organization was netting over $9 million a year, and he and his wife had a combined salary of more than half a million a year. Uh, their son, daughter, and son-in-law were each netting over a hundred grand. so this all made me think of the Righteous Gemstones. By January 2009, Peter listed his monthly income at hundred grand. He had a $4.5 million house, and because it's owned by a church, is tax-free. A woman who used to work for the Popoffs said in that GQ article, quote, they started asking for all your gold, your trinkets, your heirlooms, and tubs and tubs of gold and stones came in. They would take the stones and take the gold to be resold. Anything that wasn't valuable was shredded. It's a shame how many shred bins we f we had full to the rim with prayer requests awaiting to be destroyed and never to be seen again. So maybe people were sending items that really meant something to them and they send them to Peter Popoff and he's like, eh, it's not worth that much. Chuck it. Yeah. Just like, yeah, getting rid of things that aren't worth enough. And then also more importantly, just like destroying these prayer cards. Like if you are truly a religious person, like, isn't that the more valuable thing in a way is to be doing good through praying? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Despicable. The only words I can think of to describe these people are slime creatures. It's really bad because you're manipulating people who are desperate, maybe. They might be desperate. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And maybe there's no other obvious way for them to fix their situation, so they pray and they want maybe an intervention of from course. God, and he offers it for money, and then, you know, obviously... Yeah, my grandma would send uh, money to all these televangelists. No way. Yeah, she... Dude, that's her inheritance, bro. It was crazy, and, <laughs> uh, and yeah, she lived in our... Um, basement at one point in burlington we had a basement apartment and she, she moved gave in with away us. your basement <laughs> <laughs> and uh there was like a god's living down there <laughs> there was a connecting smoking a bong ordering pizzas to the back door <laughs> she says it's a god <laughs> but yeah there was a connecting room in the basement and we would sometimes be 
playing around down there when we were kids and uh she would come out and we would like hide we had a ping pong table with a bunch of junk under it that i would hide under and she would just be going to her fridge in that connecting room but like she didn't know anybody was around witnessing this but she would like just be muttering under her breath like thank you jesus oh jesus thank you like as she like opened up her fridge and grabbed some half and half for some coffee but it's just like Surely Jesus yeah. didn't need to be thanked for that. <laughs> and where was your mind frame, seriously, at this time? Were you still, like, praying for your own forgiveness 24-7? Uh, or were you skeptical at this point and being like, this is bad about your uh, I was still, I still would have been religious at this point, but I thought that she was kind of Over the top it. still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's very intense. And I want to make it clear, I'm not anti-religion or anything. Just Religions these, help people, uh, or, or definitely. Just like these these hucksters who use it to, uh, yeah. Definitely. I, 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 yeah, I think as long as you're not hurting anyone else or uh, something pushing your a, views on anyone else, whatever makes you feel Yeah, there's something about okay. unifying your anxiety and fears into sort of or, like a faith sort of that you yeah. can focus on. It kind of helps you get along with your day. I mean, Headspace app is a religion for some people. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? Like there's people have a lucky stone that they touch like in yeah. their in their uh, you, pocket that makes them feel better. Some like some kind of access you, point that gives you comfort, even if it's not logical and you're not harming anyone. Or I some sort of that. guideline by which to live by or a way to frame life itself. Yeah. You know, like I don't know what's going on. Like Life is chaos. You genuinely getting older and maturing is trying to find a way to organize that yeah. for yourself. Mary Kondo. Right. Yeah. Does this life bring you joy? Oh no? My God. Get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> so people are still trying to point out, hey, this Peter Popoff is a big scam artist, but he kind of just weaseled his way around them. He, he kind of had justifications for the whole scandal that, like I said, yeah, there were th- messages being relayed to me, but that was just because some days God doesn't always talk to me. And he just always managed to kind of weasel his way around it. One other um, funny scam Peter did was um, he would sell something called Miracle Spring Water. And this is actually what I saw when I was in New York that once. Okay. It was, yeah, he sells this Miracle Spring Water. Or I I think maybe he just gives it to you for free. It's just like... uh, Yeah, I think you... First Miracle Spring Water is always free. What you you do, Aaron, (laughs) is you get the water. you, You sleep with it for one night... Mm, then you baby. drink it, You're so good and then pray water. over the empty <laughs> bottle, and then send it back to Peter Popoff with money, with a donation. That is that is the that is what you do for Miracle Spring Water. Yeah, and he has you. Oh, he also would send it with some salt. I forget what he called. It's like you know some sort of Dead Sea salt or something. But it's mm. just like a pack of salt, like you would get at a <laughs> like, diner. That comes right. with it, and you're supposed to sprinkle the salt on a check that you're sending to him. <laughs> like, so you write out a check, and he's asking for, you know, the most amount of money that you can give him. Um, and then God, when you send it to him, uh, it's up to God, because there's some verse in the Bible or something that says that God will repay you tenfold whatever you give to him in faith or, you know, something along those lines. By the way, he, he claimed that the water would, would offer protection from disease, a disability, and also would give you financial prosperity, which might include divine money transfers directly into your account. <laughs> that is, wow. That would be 
if that happened, just like surely Jesus that preached. would be on the news. Yeah. Like surely the news would be like, so you got a twenty thousand dollar money transfer from God? Yeah. And they go, they go to the bank. Yeah, it's crazy. I just want to say when you were sort of like, you know, appealing to the sympathies of the desperate and the manipulation of the desperate, it's really is heart wrenching. But now that we've gotten that out of the way, I do have to say most of these followers do not have a brain. <laughs> they are very simple by the sounds of it. How can this be? But I think How can you be that blatantly manipulated? Uh it's it's literally it's like just... taking the dog's tennis ball and putting it behind your back. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then the dog's like, "Where is yeah. it?" Like but it's, it's fucking brainwashing crazy. people who already have a belief system, a faith, and then he's just taking mm. that which is deeply rooted and just saying, you know, basically challenging but them the belief to have in true the, faith but, to be like, yeah. if you really believed in God, you would say But your this belief because- in the faith should make you skeptical about this scam, this con artist. Because aren't lessons about that in the Bible as well? To look out for these kind of like, hey, be as charismatic as you want to be. If you're telling me to sprinkle salt onto a check before I send it to you, I'm not a fucking moron. I know know it's ketchup that does the trick. Yeah. This this charismatic man is fucking with me, dear. (laughs) Like, give me a break. Um, by the way, the, the Mark Oppenheimer went to where they package Miracle Spring Water, and it's at like a little plant in New Jersey oh. that also packages little bottles of shampoo and stuff. And oh, someone, God's shampoo. Yeah, and someone told the uh, author that Miracle Spring Water is literally just rebottled Poland spring water. Yeah, the water bottle. That's um, great. One last thing that was sort of and and then the, and then they would have God's Miracle Spring Water T-shirt contest. <laughs> Um, one last uh, one last and then uh, god would whisper in his ear do not touch them titties in that miracle spring water wet t-shirt i'm tempting i'm tempting you pop off (laughs) yeah uh, I just love the water so much. <laughs> Sorry, guys. God just said something funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> I can't repeat it <laughs> in good company. <laughs> just to wrap up, I thought it was interesting. That guy, Mark Oppenheimer, he went to a sermon and he happened to have a broken pinky finger. So he went Uh-oh. for research and he went He's in with his broken converted. finger in his splint and Popoff talked to him in the sermon and was like, what troubles you, my son? And the author was like, I broke my finger. And he said that Popoff went, Shabba la 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 la, you are healed, and gave him a tight hug. Mark Oppenheimer wrote, quote, and then came something I didn't expect. Love from the crowd. People rubbing me on my back after I sat down, touching me, giving me high fives, saying, praise the Lord. It felt so good that even if my pinky had been causing excruciating pain, or even if I've had a far worse condition, something that in my heart I knew was incurable, I'm sure for that moment I would not have noticed. But he's got a point. He's making a point that it's like all like giant scams by charismatic leaders, like cults. The feeling of ultimate love and uh, connection to a community mm-hmm. can overpower uh, your sensibilities sometimes. Yeah. Because you're just so overwhelmed by 
something that all of us are missing deep down inside pretty much every Community day. And, and I think it's yeah. the adrenaline. With someone rubbing your back? <laughs> <laughs> I think My it, wife don't do that for me. Yeah. yeah. How come you never rub your back? Everybody down at church does. <laughs> 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 I'm giving all my money to the back rubbers. <laughs> but I do think that it's uh, uh, it's the combination of the adrenaline, uh, everybody's eyes on you, yeah. and your faith that it will work that actually brings you into a state of maybe temporarily being able to like. You know, if you have a problem, you have, you know, uh, arthritis or whatever, that that feeling can go away, you know, like, like, yeah, like the dopamine can be random too. in the moment. Like I've had it before doing a live Mm -hmm. show where I have a pounding headache and I can't believe. But then you get on the stage and you can operate during that time. And then as soon as it's done, you're worse than before. But I've had like a sick stomach before I'm supposed to go on at a big venue, thousand people, right? All waiting for me to go out and make them laugh. (laughs) Yeah. And my stomach is Chris, 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 Chris. And it builds and builds to a chance. And, Chris, and my Chris, stomach gurgles Chris, and Chris. twists and gives me knots and twists in pain. And I feel like I'm going to have, well, I can't do this 45-minute set right now. I'm about to have diarrhea. Mm. Then I go on stage. Something takes over. The dopamine hit, like you say, the adrenaline. And something happens to the diarrhea. It just simply disappears. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, when I get off stage, it's there in my pants, yeah. but I did not notice it happening while I performed. Uh, that's true. Diarrhea knows. Diarrhea knows when it's time it, to chill. Diarrhea kicks in when you're 10 minutes from home. No, yeah, that's true. And it goes, oh, you're almost home? Okay, just so you know, yeah. I need to do I need to do a thing. Yeah. It's like If a you magnet. know your toilet is in like... Any kind of it reasonable uh, distance, yeah. your bowels just start being like, let's and go, let's go. And then it's a photo finish till you get in that door. Yeah. It, Do it, you unlock your door with your pants already around your ankles? Honestly, I probably have. <laughs> I've definitely gone to the toilet still in my coat <laughs> because I'm like, this is right down to the wire. One I time a, a, a guy was offering me a writing, a two-week writing gig <laughs> while I was desperately... <laughs> like all over the phone <laughs> desperately trying to cover up that diarrhea was spraying out of my ass into the toilet Are you while serious? he's offering me the job i'm like amazing i'd love to be there i'm in that sounds so great and i was like please don't hear the rest of this room <laughs> wait how could you possibly That's muffle that true. from somebody hearing diarrhea spraying out of your Chris, ass is that actually true That's true That's not true I was Waiting for a call, and I knew the guy was... Nothing ever came of it, but he was developing an idea, and he offered me a, a week or two in a, in a writing room, which was right. really sweet. Yeah. And he and finally called. Shitting. I was on my way home. Luckily, we still had... We had cell phones with headphones at the time, right. so I had the speaker piece, which is pretty good at cutting out uh, like noise outside of the immediate mouth, you know? Yep. But it was about, yeah, seven years ago or so. Did your butthole feel like it was like quivering? (laughs) So wait, I don't know how I did it. I think I I like naturally rushed the call to its finality, but it was like... (laughs) But you were shitting while talking? Yes, getting a job. (laughs) You were like Jeff Daniels in in Dumb and Dumber. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> You're like, Chris, what do you think of this project? Um, Ooh, it sounds yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's an amazing story. Wow. Wow, Chris, you sound really excited. I'm glad we thought I of you. I would be so <sighs> scared to. Because once. <laughs> I've already got a few funny ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, uh, that's one of the ideas. Like a fart. Uh, yeah. What if there's a Mr. Fart character? <laughs> <laughs> and a Mr. Diarrhea face. <laughs> told anyone and you mentioned that nothing ever came of it <laughs> well nothing but ever came also of you it. think that he didn't hear the diary no 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 i did get the job nothing came oh, of the okay, writing okay, room it okay, didn't okay. turn into I a show i honestly thought you were just making that up when you started telling that story no oh my god i'm surprised the, it has most of my me. embarrassing stories here are fucking true <laughs> That's really funny. We got to interview that guy and see if he knew he's actually passed away. Oh, Oh. it's totally true. (laughs) I don't know why we're laughing. It's sad, but it's true. I don't either. (laughs) I can't send him a message to see if he knew that I was having diarrhea when he offered me the job. I mean, it's probably oh. for the best. <laughs> he took it to the grave, I guess. Oh fuck! Well, we better do the Jesus uh, Christ. The what final. The fuck? We better do our final segment of the show here. Yeah, well, that was a quite uh, the hardiest episode we've done in a while. I, I would know. Say. Um, let's let's bring out the evilometer. And Mike usually describes the evilometer, but. But look at the evilometer. He's got a little earpiece in, and he's dressed in a suit. Can you do it as Mike? Can you do a Mike impression? Oh, look, look. Oh, the evilometer is saying he'll cure all our ailments. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, evilometer. Um, Okay, Aaron, uh, 10 is most evil. One is least evil. What do you give Peter Popoff? I'm going to give Peter Popoff a a solid seven. Okay. Just because I, you know... I think that preying on the poor and the needy is like really, really bad and putting them in an even worse position potentially. I mean, you know, 99% of the time, they're not going to suddenly get a bunch of money from God. Yeah. So you're taking, you're preying on poor people, making them poorer in order for you to live in a tax-free home with a Porsche. And bring in, uh, I think, yeah, hundred thousand dollars a month. It's yes, uh, yeah. It's uh, so I Tax think that free. that is. I think that that is truly evil. I know the GQ uh, writer guy. He was a little easier on him, saying that he believed that he that Peter mm. Popoff believes that he is doing some good, even if he is using manipulative and you know fraudulent methods. Um, but I actually do not believe that. I think that he's uh, a pretty evil guy. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm going to go 8.4 Whoa, because great. he didn't again, it's always, you know, he hasn't killed anyone, but he's I think he's probably ruined a lot of lives and the manipulation I think I'm going 8.4. I'm going to go 7.2 because 7 is still pretty high for me. Yeah. In my feelings of the evilometer. But also I'm with you. He didn't kill anybody, but I'm sure 
people have died because of the destitution that he left them in. You know, mm. the, like leaving all these vulnerable people destitute, they probably could have used their money for better. Like he probably ruined people's lives in that regard. And they didn't seek out, beyond the financial, uh, just the medical, if they didn't seek out uh, actual medical help for an issue, yeah. and they're just trusting that yeah. he's faith healed it, then he is sentencing them to death if yeah. they're not getting chemo for cancer and they're just thinking that God has cured it. Exactly. Yeah, uh, that's where I'm at. Seven as well. And still, that, like I say, that's high for me. Uh, I really have a hate uh, in me for man- charismatic, manipulative charlatans that, uh, yeah, rip off vulnerable, uh, innocent, sad people, to be honest. All some, right. of, some of them are happy, I'm sure. Nah. <laughs> Not as happy as us. Meaning, <laughs> <laughs> all these people leave us on Patreon. <laughs> so, Aaron, thanks again for joining us. It was super fun. Uh, for the people that don't know, again, yeah, you were in the the Patreonios know you because you did the bonus with us. But also, Aaron is a long, long time comedian, uh, writer, and actor friend of ours. We've been doing comedy together for years. And re- most recently, you're, you've written scripts for The Snoopy Show, which is on Apple TV. Yeah, yeah. And there's another sort of thing happening that I can't really talk about that anyway. But there really you go. plug if I can't talk about it. Sometimes Aaron. if you're... Well, but uh, what we're getting at is if sometimes you'll watch something really fun and funny and Aaron's names will be in the credit as a writer. Okay, that was another excellent, fun episode of... This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. <laughs>